Devin. Hey. Hey, man. <clears throat> How are you? I'm really good. How are you? You know, I been good. You been good. I realized that sounded like a like a like a bean pun, but I want to clarify that that was a <laughs> bee pun, like the the bee part of it, hmm. not the bean. Well, my questions for you today are: Are you a fan? No. Of, oh, okay. Are you a fan of honey? Yeah, I like honey. Are you a fan of crazy court cases? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And my last question is, you like jazz? You like jazz? Yes, yeah, this, this is uh, Judge Judy, right? Well, yeah, of course, all the jazz in there. Uh-huh. Well, if you like those things, you've come to the right place. This is the good, the bad, and the movies. I'm, I'm Brandon. You know this now. That guy over there, that mister... That son of a bitch. That fucking cocksucker. <laughs> oh, God. His, that's Devin. Hey. The, the deep-voiced guy is Devin with I, the facial hair. Yeah, all I do is I just, in post, I boost my voice to make it sound more masculine. <laughs> You're like a soprano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> no one will ever know, though. Yeah. And well, today, we watched the B-movie. And my God, was it magical. What are what what? T- tell me through your talk. Talk me through your your thought process on the B movie, like pre B pre watching, <laughs> pre B pre B. Um, I hadn't seen the B movie in years. Really, all I remember is an odd love triangle, and <laughs> and you like jazz, and that was it. But I just kind of knew that the plot was really out there, and so once I watched it again kind of pleasantly surprised how about you okay so i we were talking about it a a bit before and then i cut myself off because i wanted to say it in the podcast i watched this probably like a year ago and i remember i I like hated it it was like the dumbest plot the worst acting and then i like went back and watched it today and it was hilarious (laughs) Like at like at first you're like oh okay this is a really dumb movie they're like trying to be funny and it's not working and then you get in the mindset and you're like this is supposed to be like absurdist comedy you become one with the bee yeah it was so funny I was so pleasantly surprised I yeah, liked this movie I mean it is Jerry Seinfeld so he's at least done something in his career so far. Oh, this was comedy esque. Wait, what did Jerry Seinfeld do? Was he the director? He's he's the writer and Barry B. Benson. Really? Yes. Did you not notice his voice when he goes B? No, not at all. Oh my god! I don't How watch a lot you... of Jerry Seinfeld. What about just Seinfeld? Mm, yeah, I love me some Seinfeld. <laughs> Seinfeld. Some sign. I I love me some Seinfeld. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the, this is the B movie today, and we'll just kind of get into it for our beer. 
we'll pull it out. Are you okay? Continue. Oh, okay. We're pulling out all the stops today, all the puns. Um, I picked us up a another Kettle House Brewing Company like last week. Um, it's the Hellgate Honey Hefeweizen. I needed something with honey, and we'd done summer honey twice already, so we had to switch it up. I'm angry about it. I love summer honey. Oh, yeah, of course. It's like my favorite beer. But um, Honey Hefeweizen from, Hel- uh, from Kettle House. Brewed and canned at Kettle House Brewing Company in in Bonner, Montana. Actually, mm. it was this exact can that I have here was canned on July nineteenth, twenty twenty one, and it's pretty refreshing. It's kind of um, a little hoppy, um, unfiltered, used with local honey, and unlike uh, cold smoke, unlike the cold smoke, it's only four point. 8% alcohol instead of the 6.5. But it, once again, it is a pint of beer instead of 12 ounces. So, And I'm drinking black coffee. Which could get you fucked up even more. Yeah, I'll just become an anxious mess. <laughs> uh, uh. My speech is going to get so slow during this, and you're going to be talking so fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the B-movie today... Director is Simon J. Smith and Steve Hickner. Yeah, I know both of those guys. Both of these guys have only done like movie, like short movies and like TV and animated movies. And so really, Simon J. Smith is only known for the Penguins of Madagascar movie. <laughs> and you know that scene at the end of Shrek 2? <laughs> After the credits, when they do Far, Far Away Idol, like it's an American Idol thing, and each of the characters sing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He directed that little bit. <laughs> <sighs> Not Shrek 2, just Far, just Far the, Away Idol. Just the end ending scene just, after credits? Yeah, just the American Idol talent show after credits. Oh, man. A really filled out resume here. Yeah, well, and then Steve Hickner has done... The Prince of Egypt. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's like an old 90s animated film. Kind of along the lines of like uh, um, like Emperor's New Groove, like kind of in that area. Speaking the road to of El Dorado. Emperor's New Groove. The guy, the uh, guy's voice was Cusco. Or no, not Cusco, Cronk. Uh, yeah, Patrick Warburton. Yeah. Yeah. Ken and, Ken and Kronk. Yeah, the whole the whole time, like the whole movie, I heard his voice and it was killing me. I was like, where do I know that voice from? Now you know. Now I know. Well, aside from the directors, the writers don't have a ton. I mean, I guess they do have a lot more. The writers are Jerry Seinfeld himself, Spike Ferriston, and Barry Martyr. Now, Jerry Seinfeld wrote for Seinfeld, and he's the creator of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee on Netflix. Um among some other things, Spike Ferriston did Seinfeld, he did the Michael Richards show, he did the Dana Carvey show, and Late Night with David Letterman, he wrote for those. And then Barry Martyr has only done, aside from this, like, notably a TV series called Night Stand? I don't really know what that is. I hope it's like a one-night stand kind of thing, where people he just collects things from the other people in his night stand. <laughs> and just inter- prelude, he yeah, interviews everyone after a one-night stand? He's like, how, yeah. how are they in bed? 
<laughs> and then he takes one material possession of them and is the first person on TLC's hoarders. <laughs> yeah, he has like a like a wall of framed framed knickknacks. Yeah. <laughs> to keep them in mint condition, obviously. Yeah. Because if you take them out of the box, they lose their value. Mm-hmm. That shit's you, collectors. You 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 lose that woman deodorant's value. I've actually been watching a lot of Pawn Stars, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of an expert now on uh, the the field of collectibles. And yeah, you're right. If you steal a woman's panties after a one night stand, <laughs> you do have to hermetically seal it in a box, or else it loses its value. You got to get that vacuum seal thing where you can compress it so that no air gets in there. We don't need that oxidized. Exactly. <laughs> we don't want to oxidize that. <laughs> The little, <laughs> yeah, the, the little bit of blood. Ah, <laughs> God. Okay, Jesus. What? Um, Where are we? Um, cast. Our okay. cast is huge for this film. So you've got Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. You've got Renee Zellweger. Mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick, Patrick Warburton, John Goodman, Chris Rock, Kathy Bates. Larry King, Ray Liotta, Sting, Oprah Winfrey, Megan Mullally, and even Michael Richards. Bro, when they when they pulled out Sting, I fucking I lost my shit. <laughs> I lost my shit. Just as himself. Yeah. <laughs> so, or or the or Ray Liotta's Honey Company. Yeah. What the hell is this movie? Such adult. Such his real name. Such adult themes as well. Yeah, there are some, but it's like not. The adult themes weren't as absurd as Cat in the Hats were. Agreed. Yeah, they were like, it was like a Seinfeld show. Seinfeld. Sign. Sign wave show. A sign wave show. Sign cosine tangent show. It was like a. It was very tangential. Yeah. Well, with this movie, here's a little. Here's a little summary. A little summary for you. Okay. Okay. That should be the that should be the newest rapper, Lil Summary. Lil Summary, and he just spits just off of IMDb. <laughs> he just raps. Well, now you gotta rap the summary. Oh God, why did I? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm trying to think of a beat in my head right now. Uh, 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 uh. Barry B. Benson, a B, just graduated from college, is disillusioned at his lone career choice, making honey on a special trip outside the hive. Barry's life is saved by Vanessa, a florist in New York City, NYC, baby. As their relationship blossoms, he discovers humans actually eat honey and subsequently decides to sue them. What? Oh, man. Did you catch any of that or should I read it again? No, I caught all of it. Good God. My heart palpitations. You made my heart palpitate there. I, I skipped a few beats. Do you smell some toast right now? Because yeah. there was some fire coming through those bread phones. Oh, I was actually going to say I smell burnt toast because I'm about to have a seizure. <laughs> no, it's a stroke. <laughs> or a stroke. <laughs> Whoops. Well, yeah, that's our plot. Um, sorry if you guys didn't pick up on that. You <clears throat> might be lost. Yeah, we're not doing it again. That's all you get. Synopsis, there's a bee. He falls in love with the human, sues humans. Which I, t- I totally forgot about the lawsuit. I totally forgot about the whole <laughs> lawsuit scenes. I did remember, like, deep in my memory, the one part of, like, the guy stinging the other guy and being in the hospital. 
This is definitely one of those like drunk plots. <laughs> like someone's drunk in there and like came they, up with the idea. Yeah, and then someone wrote it down and they're like, "Well, I guess we're following through with it now." Well, you want to hear how the idea came up in my history? I do. All right. So B-Movie is a 2007 American computer animated comedy film produced by DreamWorks Animation and distributed by Paramount Pictures. It was theatrically released on November 2nd, 2007 to mixed reviews, receiving praise for its humor and voice cast, but criticism for its premise and plot. Jerry Seinfeld was actually inspired to write the script for this movie after his wife took up the hobby of beekeeping. Seinfeld felt that she was spending more time with the bees than with him and wanted to imagine a world where this was taken to the extreme. Now, 11 books and a video game have also been created after the film was released. And then in addition to the critics' mixed reviews, the B-movie has actually received some serious controversy involving two lawsuits. Wait, so uh, Jerry uh, Sinewave was... was uh... What's his name? Key? The Ken. Ge- Ken. Key? <laughs> I don't know. I knew it started with a K. Ken? Ken. He was Ken. He was... He, his wife... His, wi- <laughs> That's his wife fell in love with beekeeping, and he felt like it was taking over her life, and so he wrote this movie. <laughs> Take this, bitch! <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want to hear about these lawsuits? Goddamn right I do. So the first one... I can't believe these are actually the names of the lawsuits, too. So this first one is called Beesuticals versus DreamWorks. Beesuticals. So a, a Florida-based cosmetics company called Beesuticals filed a lawsuit over the use of their trademark phrase, Give Bees a Chance. The suit between the two parties was settled out of court. Are you sure it's Beesuticals and not Beecuticals? It's Beesuticals. Okay. But that one's a short one. My other one is better, which is Bebelon versus DreamWorks. <laughs> <laughs> so B-Movie is alleged to be similar to a concept developed in 2000 by a team of Swedish animation students, which they claim was presented to DreamWorks in 2001 under the name Bebelon. The animation students say DreamWorks rejected the idea on the basis of it being too childish. But when the B-Movie was announced in 2003, the students claim they once again contacted dreamworks to make sure that the movie was not similar to their original concept and were given a reassuring answer now when one of the members of the Beeblon team saw a trailer of the movie in 2007 he found it to be extremely similar and attempted to find a u.s lawyer who could represent them jerry seinfeld ended up rejecting the plagiarism claims during his pr tour for b movie in sweden wait so was it was it settled or i don't know i couldn't find anything on the settlement sadly but jerry seinfeld was just like no it's not and then that was it they just i guess they just took that i mean it's jerry Seinwave. We, t- we take those yeah we take those but yeah those are the two lawsuits over it who knew that the b movie was aside con- from was its, was yeah aside from its plot alone was controversial on a deeper level not me apparently everybody has an idea about bees already in their mind like this is a hot topic yeah i the worst thing for me was like, like it seems really dumb, but how inaccurate they were about like how bees work. <laughs> I it's like a such a, a nitpicky thing, but I thought the rest was funny. Um, 
I just thought like I was like, come on, bro. This this ain't bees. This ain't how bees do be. <laughs> bees don't stir. <laughs> You're just really hung up on the jobs. Like, wait a minute. They don't wait drive cars. Bees don't have bathrooms. <laughs> Why do they need janitors? You know, there are a couple things that I had in my notes, and I'll bring up one right now that's at the beginning is Barry Jerry Seinfeld's character, Barry B. Benson, uses his antennas as a phone. <laughs> Like oh, his yeah. antennas turn into antennas? No. And he he sharpens his his stinger in a pencil sharpener? No. <laughs> they use honey as fuel, deodorant, mouthwash, hair pomade, food, uh, a water source. Water. Yeah. If it if honey is that valuable to them, why use it as sewer? If you're working so hard for that, just use regular water, man. That's true. Don't bees like drink water? They don't. I prob. I th- they're a living creature. I assume they have to drink water. I mean, honey probably do. Uh, to keep talking, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. Do bees drink water? Yeah, they have to drink water. There's no way they don't. Uh. Uh. But yeah, there are all these inconsistencies in here that you know you said it like it, these are such little things, but no, I picked up on all these. We're like. No, that doesn't make... That's not how a bee would do this at all. Wow. Uh, uh, so, bees apparently drink their weight in water. So, a big hive of 80,000 bees would drink 24 pounds of water per day. <laughs> so, yes, they need water. And there's no water in this film besides the rain. Which they can't fly in. No. Or the toilet water that he surfs on. <laughs> oh, yeah. What the fuck was this movie? <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. Why is that this bee so classy? Yeah. Well, Devin, you want to tell me about this budget before oh, we get any further? My God. You have no idea. Just give me a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the budget was $150 million. So as much as Jurassic World. And they made this. Oh, good God. <laughs> Suicide Pact? Suicide pack by Bee Sting. Yeah. Uh, so box I'll put my office. Happy pen away. Opening opening week to made thirty eight million dollars in U S. Okay. and Canada it made one hundred twenty six and a half million dollars. Okay. And worldwide, it actually turned a profit at two hundred and ninety three and a half million dollars. So it almost doubled its money. How? I mean, I get this. I'm not super surprised. It is a DreamWorks film. And a kid's, like a kid's animated film, which usually naturally make more money. I mean, look yeah, at they... Coco Melon. <laughs> Coco Melon seems to make its way to this podcast. <laughs> I fucking hate Coco Melon. <laughs> I've, I, can't, I don't even let Oliver watch it. My kid watch it. I mean, like, it's not anything that I feel is going to rot his brain or anything like that. I just have, like, a on principle, he's not gonna watch Coco you, Melon. you don't like it so he won't watch it yeah yeah but he's gonna fucking watch transformers 3 with god us. damn right he is i'll show him uh hereditary i love that movie <laughs> you love that movie yeah oh you want to hear god, the tagline know, for this movie i would love to hear the tagline hold on to your honey oh honey oh honey honey do 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 sugar sugar um that's not bad i mean it's not good but uh it's like it's perfect for the poster itself 
I yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's a tagline. There's worse one. Cats and hats only. It's probably yeah. our worst one. Yeah, for sure. Reference that in perpetu- perpetuity. So, real quick before we get into this, because you were talking about watching some of your favorite movies. I was watching one of my favorite movies before coming on here, and it's one that you've constantly been like, you know, we should just watch this film on here. And it was The Green Mile. Oh, no. And I was like, I was watching it, and I was like, there's no way I could do this on this podcast, because just even talking about the end of that film will have me... <laughs> 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 and like, and they don't put the bag on his head. And they don't wet the sponge, so... No, they do wet the sponge for him, but... <laughs> and then they pull the levers, and you know... Honestly, the part with the mouse gets me more than the end. Oh, the mouse part is so sad, too. God, I... But, but no, the... Please, boss, don't put the bag on my head. I'm scared of the dark. Get gets me so. Also, I'm it's like a, a two and a half hour movie. I'm a little, we, I'm we, a little emotional right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like three, two hours and fifty minutes or something. So we would be on here for a pot. It would be yeah. like four hours. I'm like, all right, guys. We hope you're hope you're driving. <laughs> hope <laughs> you're on driving a road to, trip. Yeah. Hope your kids like podcasts. They're going to be listening to this the whole way. They will be of legal age by the time we are done here. <laughs> yeah. So, are you ready for our second round of B-Facts? Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> back-to-back B-movies. Back-to-back. Cats facts. How should I start it? You like jazz? No, that's no good. Here she comes. Speak, you fool. Uh, hi. <gasps> I'm sorry. <sighs> okay, so my first B fact is that according to Jerry Seinfeld, while having lunch at Steven Spielberg's house, he first mentioned the idea for the movie as a joke, but Steven Spielberg actually loved the idea of it. I, I Dude, I just called it. I called it, bro. Did I not say? I, I mean, I guess he probably wasn't drunk. Well, no, he definitely was drunk. At Steven Spielberg's house? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, so he wrote this whole thing just as a joke because of his wife. And he's like, yo, Steve, what do you think of this? <laughs> and Steven Spielberg's like, you know, I, I've done Jurassic Park and... I've done Schindler's List, and he's like, I got some other big-name movies coming out. I got Lincoln, and he's like, you know what? This could be on par with some of my best films. He's like, it's right there with E.T. and Saving Private Ryan, but I don't think it's quite as high as maybe, like, I don't know, War Horse. (laughs) He's like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me grab my notepad and my pen. The bees do what? They sue the humans? Hold on. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you say a cameo by Mr. Sting from the police? He's like, I don't think we can do this unless we get Chris Rock to play a mosquito. I don't know if it's possible. He's like, let me get my secretary. Hey, hey, how much money could we get for this bee movie? That's probably why they had such a big budget because Steven Spielberg was just like oh, back, yeah, backing guaranteed. it because like he's got Oscars and everything for directing, producing, all that, and he's just like, you know what? Yeah, 
So yeah, if, that's, if that's I was a big name impact. director who could like do shit like that, of course I'd come with with some absurd plot that's so stupid. Just just for the shits and giggles, really. Yeah, honestly. All right, next B fact also involves Steven Spielberg. <laughs> oh God. He is the Winona writer. No, but she's but the he he's the Nick Cage because he's so into it. Oh yeah, I think there were uh, only Nick Cages in this film. <laughs> yeah, everybody was so into it. <laughs> so two teaser trailers were released for film that featured Seinfeld dressed in a bee costume, live action, trying to shoot the film. Oh, good God. So Eddie Izzard portrays the director in these trailers and Steven Spielberg in the trailer suggests to Seinfeld in the second of the live action trailers to just do it as a cartoon. So it was all kind of like this build up thing where they had this one live action trailer of Jerry Seinfeld running around in a bee <laughs> costume. And you were like, you know what? That was a hit. Let's do a second one. So they do the second one. And then the director in it is like cut. And Spielberg just comes. And he's like, why don't we just do this as a cartoon? And he's like, okay. That's kind of a cool marketing scheme, That's, though. That's I think like, it's a really good marketing. But I need to watch these trailers now. Oh, you haven't already? I haven't already. Ooh. Yeah. But, yeah, I can't even imagine what it's like to watch. Did Is he just full-sized and he's just huge in the world? Or did they, like, make a giant set or... I mean, $150 million, dude. They probably just borrowed the set for jurassic world honestly <laughs> they were like you know what transformers comes out next year <laughs> you know what lord of the rings just got done why let's, don't we use some of that let's put a pause on that transformers business all right <laughs> the bees sue the humans <laughs> did you hear that i said a, cam- a cameo by mr sting himself <laughs> Mr. Stingyo Girl. Mr. Stingyo Girl. So, next B fact is that all of the bees in the movie have either buzz cuts or beehive hairdos. What is a beehive hairdo? Now, I'm not entirely sure, so I wanted you to look it up. But I'm thinking it's like kind of a taller hairdo, if I'm remembering right. Maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe it's... Hmm. I'm getting a lot of... A, a lot of uh different it, yeah it looks like it's just tall they're just tall that's that's what i was thinking let me look it up too it's I, like i was actually going to look it up before this and i didn't you like like marge simpson has a okay that's what i was too. that's what i had in mind was a marge simpson kind of yeah, yeah oh yeah jeez. Yeah, oh jeez. there's a bunch of different things popping up for me yeah but they all kind they're all tall at least yeah Okay. I'm just going to so, think B- Marge Simpson, though. Yeah, so buzz cuts or Marge Simpson hairdos. Okay. Very, very deep movie. Yeah. A lot of intricacies. <laughs> this was this was step one. This was Jerry Seinfeld wrote B-movie. Step one, hairdos. <laughs> step two, Spielberg. Step three, lawsuit? Question mark? <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see the notepad for this. 
There's just like arrows everywhere. It's like <laughs> highlighted. It just crossing out. It's like one of those scenes in like a movie where somebody's like trying to write a story and they keep crumpling pages and throwing them in their trash bin, their wastebasket. Yeah, it's room. like that guy in Sherlock Holmes where he like he's like trying to come up with how Sherlock faked his death. He's got all the pins and the the yarn connecting these two points. Is that the one with um? Benedict. Justin Bieber in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Bieber and Lil Yachty are uh, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes and Watson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. And um, Justin Bieber's writing and Lil Yachty breaks in the door. He's like, Lobo, Lobo, Lobo. Yeah, yeah. He's like, get out of here. Nicolas Cage plays the car. <laughs> <laughs> they just both, like, crawl on Nicolas Cage on all fours and he goes vroom, vroom, and crawls around on all fours. Oh, he's not like a voice. He's he, he's at live action car. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's actually just a guy on but they don't they don't like it's you know, it's one of those like nuance you know, like you got yeah. you got to see the meaning in it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's really deep. All right. Next B fact isn't about bees. Oh shit. This was originally going to be called Roach Motel. But Jerry Seinfeld is so terrified of cockroaches that the script was changed to feature bees. And this is referenced in the dialogue when they go, I hear they put roaches in motels. And Adam says, they check in, but they don't check out. I thought they were referencing uh, uh, the song. Go on. Uh, uh. I'm 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 at a blank for roach themed songs right now. It was now. not roach, it was hotel. Uh uh hotel song. Hotel California? What? Yeah, hotel, hotel California. Cal- okay. Yeah. I thought they were referencing that. Nope. Is that his fear of cockroaches? Really? Yep. So next one is that several references in this movie are made to being in quotes be-ish throughout the film this is a tongue-in-cheek reference to being jewish for example when adam asks barry if vanessa is be-ish in hopes that she is not a wasp a reference to a white anglo-saxon protestant w-a-s-p non-jews creator and actor jerry seinfeld is jewish and often referenced his heritage on seinfeld wasp stands for white anglo-saxon protestant yeah you think what the fuck? Once this again, goddamn movie. Deep movie. Okay. Also, the scene where they're like, "Do you want to be controlled by the white man?" Oh, <laughs> and the black guy scoots away. <laughs> this all movie right. was so good. You ready for my last B fact? I am so ready. So, in November of 2016, this movie saw an increased surge in attention, like bigger than when it came out due to the rise in popularity of videos on YouTube that consisted of random edits to the movie and sometimes a trailer. The most popular of these videos being one where this movie increases in speed every time the word B is said. <laughs> oh, the, and that is what made this movie huge. The B movie butt? Yep. Yep. And I've actually seen that YouTube. Video. It's only like it's only like thirty seconds, right, or like two minutes, or something absurdly, like I th- short. I no, I think it's like seven minutes, but still, like yeah. really short for an hour and a half film. That's so funny, dude. I fuck, <laughs> I love memes. 
Like I hate I've be, I've come beams to, beams I've come yeah. to hate social media and like what it does to cultures and misinformation and how easy it is social media social media but like goddamn I'll take all those negatives for some memes you know when I just said social media I'm surprised they didn't have a reference in here for like that adult humor for BDSM. I am not surprised. <laughs> Do you remember that's the just, really bad jokes you made last last episode? That's just that's just my fucked up mind. Apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you want to get into the movie? Yeah. What what movie? Um, the Green Mile. Oh, okay. There's some bees the, in the Green Mile. Doesn't he the, like cough them out of his mouth or something? They look more like gnats, but sure. Yeah, well, gnats, the, bees. The bean mile. The be- Okay, this needs to stop. <laughs> okay, so the movie starts, um, I, I just thought this was interesting, was the, the DreamWorks logo. But as it's, like, going, the fisherman falls off of the moon. Oh, yeah, and he, like... And Barry swoops in and sits on it where he's sitting in the, the D-moon thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I just I yeah. just thought that was a... It, kick, it kicks off the movie really well. Mm-hmm. How does so, this movie start? It's just a classic getting ready montage. We talked about it where the honey is the soap and the mouthwash and the deodorant and whatnot. Yeah. And we talked about how he gets a call from his friend Adam and his antennas are antennas and he can call from it. But it starts with graduation day for college. Mm-hmm. And he, he goes to the graduation. They're the graduating class of 9.15 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was pretty great. <laughs> Oh, also, we can't. We can't. Are you gonna Are you gonna say the quote, or are you oh, gonna save no. it for later? No, I'm gonna save it for later. Okay, because I I wrote down the quote, but I was like, Devin definitely wrote down this one as well. Was it the the, the Hallelu- three three thir- the Hallelujah oh. one? No, I'm just gonna say that one. There's like a okay. scene where they he they're like he's like this. This uh, ends the commencement. You're graduates now. And they throw their hats and they go, hallelujah. And then they both just go, oh, and it's the weirdest <laughs> shit in the world. Do you remember that? <laughs> I forgot that they do. <laughs> How weird was that? That was really weird. I thought I thought it was going to be the 333 quote. I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah. Because they're the graduating class of 915 a.m. Because he's like. Wow, three days of three days of grade school, three days of high school, three days of college. Glad I took that second day off to backpack around the hive. Like, no, I'm talking about their impromptu yodel session they had, <laughs> where they turn into goats and yeah, and the the animation was so weird too. Yeah, it was. It was like the quality. It, it <laughs> had it had to have been like an inside joke or some shit. It was so out of place. For sure, like, okay, yeah, like only what? only ten people thought that was funny, and they thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and two of them were us, yeah. <laughs> and the eight others were the people that worked on the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after graduation, everybody immediately starts work at Hunnix Industry. They don't have a choice. And the big thing is the next day they have to pick their job in the hive. For the rest of their life. And it, re- it it revolves around making honey. Or doing something with honey basically. Or being a janitor. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. What do you think bee the, poop is like? You think bee the, poop is the, just. 
the crud scooper job was it crud scooper yeah it was something like that that was the i job. feel like there was like a restroom cleaner right at the beginning no maybe there was but well, do bees poop oh. yeah of course they do well, we're you're gonna just keep typing away at the anatomy of bees. Yeah, I'm gonna do like bees poop. Do they drink water? Do, do bees poop? Do bees reproduce by budding? Uh, but, ooh shit! Bees do poop while foraging pollen or nectar, so they don't poop like in the hive. Hmm. Do bees well, fart? Well, here's the, well that's an inconsistency then because all of these bees don't ever get to leave the hive. They're stuck in there with their jobs with honey, except for the pollen jocks. And the pollen jocks are hot shit. Uh-huh. They're like the the Tom Cruise of of their time, a bunch of Tom like, Cruises. Like I know they're just bees in this is an animated movie, but they were cool. Mm-hmm. Full <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I agree. I'm right. I'm right here with you. <laughs> like full Top Gun shit, you know. Yeah, I looked at their little bee thoraxes popping out of their leather jackets, and I thought, cool. That yeah, that, that was my thorax first thought. gets me going. <laughs> what I like most is getting into bed, getting ready for some sexy time. Open up the shirt, thorax. <laughs> Hairy thorax. Thorax. Yeah, they're like they're they're hot shit around the hive. They are the only ones that get to go out they get the nectar they're like bigger and stronger than everyone apparently they're bred for it and all the girls love them well they love them because they have pollen on them apparently but also they're big and strong it's it's a natural thing mm, is it now that's why all the girls are attracted to me it's, <laughs> it's weak in five seven yeah <laughs> yeah i could big tell. and strong well Barry is actually unsure if he wants a job. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Not, nothing. You don't think I'm big and strong. <laughs> I do. I really do. <laughs> How dare you? You son of a bitch. Oh, you take God. all that laughter back. <laughs> that self-roast. I am a big and strong alpha male, okay? <laughs> Oh, man, I'm sweating now. <laughs> that might just be tears. I don't think you know how water in your body works. The t- yeah, the tears coming out of my forehead. Yeah. Well, Barry is unsure if he actually wants a job in honey. He thinks that the one job for the rest of his life seems too mundane and capitalistic. You wrote down capitalistic? Is this movie political? What? Commun- communist propaganda? Question mark? Karl Marx was a cameo in this movie. What what was he the judge? Yeah. The I think the judge was like African American lady. So <laughs> So definitely. Well yeah. if I remember Karl s- Marx, I remember those freaking mm-hmm. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> well, instead of picking a job the next day with Adam, he wants to go out of the hive at least once as a pollen jock before he works for the rest of his life. The pollen jocks had kind of jokingly invited him on a trip, knowing that he wouldn't make it. So he goes to them. B rule number one for pollen jocks. Don't talk to humans. No talking to humans. My question right away was, can humans understand them? Like, if they've been talking to humans before and we're like, oh, yeah, they, they, they can communicate. Yeah, with well, us. If, if you talk to a human, 
you're just naturally going to fall in love with them, (laughs) steal the human's wife, and then uh, sue the human race and basically end end all natural life. If if I ever encounter a bee talking to me, I just know shit's about to go you, down with the human race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The moment you hear a bee talking to you, you go grab your wife. Actually, You're like, you know what? This isn't even the third movie that's discussed bees so far on this podcast. What other movies? Well, obviously The Wicker Man. Yeah. Uh, and then The Happening. Where oh, they were like, what's yeah. happening to all the bees and the yeah. parks? And- yeah, yeah. And Transformers. Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Holy Apparently, shit. maybe uh, this is a bee podcast. The simulation oh. that we live in—it's it, and all of our bee movies. Oh man! Oh Liar, Liar, god! Vampire, Iron Sky, Food Boy, Rubber. Wait, do you think that's why they called this the bee movie? Not because it's about bees, but because it is a very much like a bee movie. I can firmly say 100% that no, it's because it's about bees. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't see many bees in this movie, I'll be honest. Oh, you might be right. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's rule number one. And he goes out of the hive, but with no gear that the pollen jocks have on. Yeah, I was looking at these super, like, like buff, these, these buff daddies, and I was like, there's... <laughs> There's no way that this nerd can keep up with him because he was like he's like half the size. He's like half the size and scrawny. It, it's like imagine if it's like imagine if you had just graduated high school and you were a theater kid that had never done like like you were the person that sat out of the mile in gym class mm-hmm. and had never had much physical exercise before and they're like all right you're joining the collegiate track team. And you just kept up with them the whole time. Yeah, you're like you're like uh you're deploying with the Navy SEALs in <laughs> like the Middle East. I know it's a hot topic right now. The Middle East. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. you have to you have to keep up with these guys as they run from cover to cover and you just keep up with them. And, and uh, he doesn't seem gassed about it either. He's he does fine. Oh, he's he's having a great time. He's, he's like, also a little chubby. Yeah, you know, it's character. It's, he's got the he's got the perfect muscle to to fat ratio to be very very huggable. I think you're just describing me. Right now. <laughs> I've said you, this about myself before. Yeah, what I do you call mean, myself? What do you mean? You're foam. big and strong, alpha male. Oh yeah, I can't be. You can't, I can't be, be both. Be, you can't have. Everything. I can't be mem. I can't be memory foam. <laughs> well, yeah, he keeps up with them the whole time. It's in New York City. And in this kind of, like, flying scene through New York City, I found that there was, like, beautiful use of, like, color in these animations. Because it was, like, all the same color in the hive. And they get out, and they throw, like, all these pinks and blues and purples and greens. It was actually very, like, appealing to the eyes. Uh, it was okay. I couldn't get past the early 2000s animation. It's hard for me to do that. What if you were to watch this film in 2007, then? Well, I would have been a younger person. Say you were 22 watching this film in 2007, <laughs> hypothetically. Uh, I mean, I'd probably, yeah, I guess I would. Because I was I, 11 it was when like, this movie It's came like out. when playing games back then, where yeah. you're like, the graphics are awesome, but it was the first, uh, the first Tomb Raider and Laura Croft's tits were triangles. <laughs> tits are, are triangles? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was 11 when this movie came out. 
I was what 2007, right? Yeah. I was 7. 7 years old. But it came out it was released wait, I have it. November 2nd. I was almost 7. You're 6. Almost 7. Well, yeah. So I thought that this was really good like scene and in this like the pollen jocks equipment's like kind of cool. They like suck the nectar and the pollen out of the flowers instead of actually like whatever. However, bees actually collect pollen. I don't know what, how they actually do it, but they have tools here where it just like sucks it out like a vacuum almost. And they see they have like these like heat vision goggles, but they detect flowers. Pollen. Yeah, well, they malfunction apparently because like these ones are on the move. They land in a tennis court with tennis balls. Plot hole. Plot hole. Well, they they like think it's flowers. I think the balls are flowers. Yeah, because yeah. they're like brightly colored. And Barry gets like they the the tennis balls are like sticky to them, and he gets stuck. And they are hitting this tennis ball back and forth on the thing. How did he not die in this scene? There are many scenes when he should have died. Like when he got <laughs> whapped directly with the magazine and he's like, yeah. oh, it was only, what, 17 it was, pages? It was only 12 pages. 75 is our limit. Yeah, rolled up. It Like, you're a bee, dude. The weight, okay, the, uh, the weight of this bumblebee is not right. If you remember when he like fell, because, so he, it like started raining, right? oh yeah okay so he got off the tennis ball uh i think oh yeah 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 so like he so, hits... yeah he flies off the tennis ball because it's like a wild hit uh-huh and again and goes he, out of the tennis court he goes out of the tennis court into like he ends up in like a car in like a fan like an industrial fan kind of thing mm-hmm. gets hit by it doesn't die then he's being burnt <sighs> in a car engine doesn't die then he's being frozen in an ac system in a car doesn't die and then he spends like a good like minute and a half inside this car with this family who's like totally freaked out about this bee and like causing multiple crashes and he's just fine he gets optimus prime of bees yeah he eventually flies out the sunroof of the car and it starts raining and uh he gets hit by rain and falls in this balcony. And this is where I'm like, how heavy is this fucking bee? Yeah. Because he like he like falls through the window and hits a snow globe and like like this budges snow... it. Yeah, he budges a snow globe. And the the is... snow the snow falls in the snow globe, yeah. Yeah, and it moves. It like he pick it like wobbles a little bit. Like this is a snow globe, probably like a good like six pounds. How the oh, hell That's a heavy snow globe. Okay, well, I mean, it's like you got the the wood and then the glass, and you got like even fluid if it's in the even glass. if it's even if it's a pound, a bee committing suicide going full force into it should not make the snow globe snow in it. No, it shouldn't make any noise at all. Well, and so one of my notes that I have here is that the reason that the tennis shot was like missed, it was like an a spike overhand volley, um, was missed is because one of the pollen jocks coughs. And distracted the guy. Like Ken heard him cough and missed it. Yet they didn't hear them talking full voice about the tennis balls while they were standing in the middle of the court earlier. And also, why is he distracted by someone coughing? Huh? Like, was this during, uh, like, April of last year? Yeah, (laughs) in the heat of COVID. (laughs) Shit! (laughs) No, the cough... Because you hear different scenes where, like, the bees are kind of quiet in the distance. So it would have just been, like... 
Yeah, this is a, that's it. This is a bee. It, it does not have a voice box that can project that. <laughs> this bee really uses diaphragm. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's those things you talked about. How it rains. Obviously, those physics don't match up either. Um, and he lands in with the apartment that he lands in is Vanessa's, the tennis player. And Ken's over there with her, who's her boyfriend at the time. And she saves him from being killed by Ken. Yeah, I love Ken as a character. Uh, can we go over that? Ken is like the best character. I, he's, so, he's so good. <laughs> he has one quote that I die for that I will bring up later. Okay. Yeah, he has so many quotes. But yeah, she saves him from being killed. And Barry, the next morning, he sleeps out in like the flowers outside of her apartment or whatnot, decides to go back and talk to her the next day to say thank you. That's a big no-no. Yeah, what the heck? This is why you you weren't a pollen jock because you it's like <laughs> you break the rules. Yeah, you love it. You fall in love at first sight with a human. Well, he talks to her. She hears him, but she thinks she's dreaming, so she violently stabs her hand with a fork. Yeah, like with how hard she did it, I'm like that fork is like going through your hand, but it didn't leave a mark. Obviously, she it's like, she hit her hand as hard with that fork as Barry hit the snow globe. It, yeah, there was there was no holding back. It should have it should have pierced through all of her hand. <laughs> yeah, and stuck to the table underneath. Yeah. But no, but it, was, it was fine. Yeah. Well, so he well, where did it go? Then there's like this very weird interaction and conversation where they're just like trying to make small talk to each other. And now they have, like, this little coffee date and get to know each other. She's a florist. Like, how convenient is that? Barry's clearly in love with her. Like, love at first sight. This is the weirdest, the weirdest romance I've ever seen in my life. Maybe that's why the film's plot was kind of criticized a little bit. <laughs> yeah. B falling in love with human. The I whole think, time. But I, I think at this point, at this point of the movie like i hadn't caught on to the absurdist comedy yet oh you hadn't no like later in the film when things started getting like weirder and weirder i was like okay now i'm like in the right mindset this is funny well and so honestly a bee falling in love with a human i wasn't super weirded out about for some reason but it was her kind of falling in love with him yeah the bee falling in love with the with the woman was like kind of weird but like the human like mutually reciprocating the reciprocating yeah. the yeah that's where it lost me <laughs> well during this whole she's like talking to him on like this rooftop or whatever and there's this handyman on the rooftop and he can't see barry she's just basically talking to herself and he's changing a light bulb on a ladder and like overhears their conversation but like I said, he doesn't see Barry. And while he's doing it, he's not looking. And he shocks himself, being distracted. Falls off the ladder. This man was like 80. Yeah, he's dead. He that's should why they, be dead. That's why they didn't show it. Because that man literally died on the floor. This was supposed to be a comedy scene. And he fell off a ladder. Fractured a hip. <laughs> he's subdermal hema, Subdermal hematoma oh, for sure. Some Grey's Anatomy shit, huh? Yeah. They got to get in there and relieve the pressure ASAP. <laughs> he, he's, yeah, of course, he's screaming like crazy. And Vanessa and Barry are just enjoying their <laughs> crumb cake, rum cake. They turn around and, like, give him a dirty look like he's interrupting. And, like, 
anyways. <laughs> Please help. Yeah. Can you not see I'm talking with someone right now? <laughs> no, I can't. Call 911. Yeah. Well, and Barry uses his antennas. <laughs> they try calling it, but it's actually Steven Spielberg on the other line. He's the 911 operator. That's his cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Stan Lee. Yeah, like every every movie that he's a producer and he has a cameo yeah. as a 911 operator. Um, so Barry goes back to the hive and he tells his friend about Vanessa, but no one thinks that this was a good idea. Obviously it's like rule number one. And as he's like telling this, he's like in a pool and he like dives into the pool because his parents, he told his parents too. And he has a dream about Vanessa in the pool. Yeah. And it's like them in a park enjoying and like the sexual tension and this imagination is like crazy. Yeah. She's She's wearing this like sexual dress, like low cut. Are you coming with me? And I was like, whoa. And then out of nowhere, she's now flying a plane in Central Park. And while she, she's like, fly with me. And then she just crashes into and, a rock. Yeah, there's like a scream and she crashes and dies and blows up. And I think this is the moment where I was like, all right, I get this movie now. Yeah, so I'm I'm in Billings living with my parents right now for the last week here. And my dad was like watching. He's like, why is she in love with him? He's like, this is a dream. He's like, are you sure it's a dream? And then he blows up. <laughs> she blows up. And I was like, dad, I'm 100% sure this is a dream. <laughs> this whole movie was a fever dream. Yeah, of course. Well, Barry has now left the hive again that day. He somehow finds Vanessa again in New York City. Easy. What are the odds of stumbling upon the same person twice well, I in think, New York City? I think he just went to the florist shop. Which oh, should be maybe. easy for a bee to find a florist job. Well, anyway, it's New York City. He finds her, and they're discussing their lives in like a grocery store. And when he sees that they have honey in the store for sale, that's where he's offended. And he wants to get to the source. This is where the plot really starts to come along. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, you're like tapping into it. And uh, this guy comes up from behind Vanessa and goes, Vap! and like hits him hits barry right on with magazine and you're like oh well barry's dead who's next <laughs> but uh barry gets up and cracks his back and he's like oh 17 pages huh vanessa is like wow you've really got this being smacked by paper thing down to a science for someone who never <laughs> leaves the hive you son of a bitch liar yeah he's like we learned it in b college do you get smacked in B college or? Yeah, it's like just BDSM training. You ever read 50 BDSM? Oh, you ever seen? There it you is. You ever read Fifty Shades of Grey? It's just like that, like a sex dungeon. Yeah, let's be. No, I have. I haven't read them, but I know. Yeah, you know of them. I've seen part of the first film. Uh, I, yeah, me too. I think it was like rated R or something, and there was like no nudity in it. I don't think. Oh, what are you talking about? Was there nudity? Yeah. Oh, maybe I haven't seen it. <laughs> you said you only saw a part. Did you think the whole movie was just going to be tits and ass? Uh, it is Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I mean, come on. I'm a man of culture here. I watched for one thing and one thing only. Well, that worker that hits him at the grocery store, he 
Barry wants to get to the source, so he goes to like the warehouse of this grocery store, and he's like unloading boxes of honey. He senses that Barry is in there, and he knows he can talk. He's like, "I know you're here." So then they have a sword fight. Well, yeah, with, him, him with a a push pin, a push pin, and Barry with his his stinger. His and stinger. I, I, like, I know this is absurdist comedy, and I thought it was. Fu- I actually thought it was funny. But I was like, if there's a bee right in front of me, I'm not grabbing a tack with a fine point to try and stab it out of the air like like the teacher of Karate Kid. I'm just going to freaking, like, clap it, snap it out yeah. of the air. Well, He's done. Is your, is your clap 75 pages of Italian Vogue worth? Um, well. Because, once again, this is a tiny bee, a scrawny bee. He's not a pollen jock. And while they're having this sword fight... He disarms the humans with the thumbtack. He takes it out of his hand by swishing. Like, how? Uh, uh, bees aren't concerned with what humans think is possible. He doesn't. He doesn't skip thorax day at the gym. No, no, he doesn't skip wing day. Tight thorax to disarm the man with the pushpin, and. and- yeah, he, he kind of holds him at like needle point, right on the nose. He's like, <laughs> "Tell me where point. this honey is going." Like, oh, honey Farms. Go to Honey Farms, the truck that says Honey Farms and has a picture of honey right behind you. Is leaving right now. Yeah. So he tries to catch the Honey Farms truck, and he catches a ride on a biker's backpack to kind of catch up. While he's trying to catch him, he grabs like. The little, the, the aglet of one of the zipper strings to hold onto it. The biker feels that. <laughs> Again, this this is the heaviest, densest <laughs> bee in the world. And uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it's just, you know, just bee things you wouldn't understand. <laughs> oh, of course. Apparently, the people's perceptions of bees talking and landing on them are so skewed in this. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. Uh, that's the thing that bugged me the most is like, how the hell are these bees doing anything? Like, it, there was, you're gonna t- like the next logical step for me is Vanessa to say that Barry's dick is bigger than Ken's, <laughs> and that she's pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, all right, well, fuck it. If, I mean, we're this far. Why not? With the talking thing, too, they're talking in their hive the whole time. If people are able to feel them touch the aglet on a zipper and hear them cough on a tennis court while humans are talking, any human that's walked by that hive before, that tree in Central Park, should have heard them. Because it should be like a fucking rock concert there. <laughs> yeah. They just walk by. Well, it's New York. so I, Well, also it's Central Park, so it's not like Main Street in New York. I don't know. I don't know, Brandon. I can't I can't logically tell you uh why why this movie about bees falling in love with humans makes sense. <laughs> and taking them to court. Yeah. And well, winning. Barry en- yeah, Barry ends up making spoilers. Oh, well, oh, they uh might win or they might lose. They lose. Yeah. They, they uh, lose. Barry makes it to Honey Farms and he sees the humans on a bee farm. His plan is to sue them for stealing the honey. Using oh, the shit. bee farms and the smoker guns and all the beekeeping shit. Yeah, he goes back and he's like, he's like, I'm gonna sting him where it hurts. And his dad is like, the nose? 
No. The eye? No. What about like inside the lip? That one really hurts. It's like, no. And he's then it's just it cuts to like a news report of of like yeah. news and it's like Barry the Bee is suing the entire human race. And you're like, okay, well, why not? Why not? Well, right. And, and then he's, this is where Larry King makes the cameo because he has the Larry King Bee movie. He's like, you know, there's a, you know, there's a Larry King in the real world too. And he's like, but like, what's next? Be Gandhi? Be Columbus? Be Jesus? Jesus? <laughs> The Larry why, King, the Larry King scene was funny. He just fu- why, casually roasted Larry King. Why do only the popular people though have B at the beginning of their name and not the rest of the normal working folk? Um, well, you see here, it's because, yeah, that's the end of my. TikTok. It's because it's because yeah yeah it's because Steven Spielberg wanted it to be that way. Yeah, you didn't just didn't dig deep enough. You know, like yeah, like I know, but I'm not gonna tell you because, you know. Why? Why would you? Why would I tell you? But I know, you know. This is his piece de resistance. <laughs> Fuck Indiana Jones. Oh, I loved Indiana Jones as a kid. I think Schindler's List has to kind of be his piece de resistance, though. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. A long while. That's that's the one that got him the Oscar at least. But like oh, Steven Spielberg, like I named off earlier, E.T. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. How did this Lincoln? How did this end up there? He did like The Post. He did um, Adventures of Tintin. Oh man, like the greatest yeah. director. And he did the B movie. Oh, good guy. <laughs> no, well, he didn't. He didn't direct it. He was just part of the producers. I so this is not his vision, at least. Yeah, I guess. I mean, his name well, is in the credits, which is enough for me. Yeah. Well, Barry is having Vanessa and his friend Adam help sue the humans. And um, her boyfriend, Ken, knows of Barry, too. She, he's like, oh, is the bee here again? Apparently, she's telling everybody about Barry, the talking bee. I mean, I probably would. Or, yeah, it, like, yeah, Ken... Comes in and plays the jealous husband. And this is the part with the bathroom, right? Nope, that's... Nope, that's later. Okay, yeah. I love... I just... I love Ken. The bathroom? (laughs) Ken is a great character. Yeah, he's jealous of a bee about to steal your girl. Yeah. (laughs) And he should be. Yeah. Well, now they're in court. And apparently... There's the human side of the court, and then there's the bee side of the court. Apparently, so many bees are now able to leave their hives for this trial. Yeah, I remember, uh, what's what's Barry's brother's name or friend's? Adam. Adam. Adam is like, how are there so many humans that aren't working right now? And then two scenes later, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like millions and millions of bees in the bleachers. And you're like, well, it fills a whole I guess. side of a courtroom. Yeah, like the whole, the whole right side is just full of bees. Well, I guess that's how. Well, other notes from the court scene. Barry and the prosecution team have no actual lawyer, for one. Well, I think uh, Adam is supposed to technically be the lawyer. Because he's dressed in a suit. Okay. I don't know, other, dude. Other things from this. Um, 
Barry's opening statement is so much better than the defense lawyer's because the defense lawyer just calls Barry a hologram and lasers and an alien <laughs> and a bee on steroids. He's just making wild accusations. He's, like, he's probably on steroids and points out. And the jur- yeah, the jury's like, oh, yeah, he could be. Yeah, 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 yeah that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, come on. That makes sense to me more this than jury, anything that's this- been said so far. You know what? No, the pollen jocks are on steroids. Oh. I'm on steroids because I'm so big and strong. I mean, you're big. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it, came, God damn. It, it came out before I could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> oh, you're a bitch. <laughs> what? I meant, I mean, you're strong. I don't know. What? Big boy. <laughs> God damn. Okay. Another thing from the court scene. Barry brings a live bear into a courtroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the bear is, like, trained. And uh, he, like, he just acts like a scary bear. Oh, my God. I'm Like, I, I watched this movie, like, 30 minutes ago, and I'm still, like, forgetting about pieces and then re-remembering them and yeah. thinking of the majesty of, like, when they basically kill Pooh bear <laughs> oh yeah well next is is your scene that you were talking about ken walks in on barry and vanessa having steak and wine on their date night ken and vanessa's but ken's ten- late yeah he is late the tension's real she's like oh i invited him over he's like all upset that he takes his steak he has like one cut of steak okay yeah he's a I, goddamn bee he has a b-sized cut of steak and also he's cutting the steak with like a plastic baby knife yeah. I don't know if you know anything about plastic baby knives, Brandon, but I'm kind of an expert on the subject. Well, and, uh, I went to your house last weekend for steak, and you didn't have any steak knives or tongs for the <laughs> grill or a grill scraper or Pam or... <laughs> You're just going to call me out like that? Is it because I, I called you big? <laughs> yes, of course, <laughs> it's because you called me big. Uh... <laughs> Uh, anyway <laughs> you motherfucker anyway baby knives aren't sharp so this bee is supernaturally strong because he's cutting he's cutting that steak with ease. we've already established that he's so strong like yeah this is like king arthur like pulled the sword out of the stone kind of shit yeah well yeah he walks in the tension's real ken is jealous and Barry goes to use the bathroom, and he follows him in with an Italian Vogue magazine. <laughs> and and Barry's like, "That's a lot of pages." And Ken's like, "Rolling he's Italian it. Vogue. It's got a lot of ads." Ken says <laughs> while he's rolling it up. Well, now he's trying to kill him with one the Italian Vogue magazine, two an air freshener that smells like flowers, three. Okay, go all ahead. right, all right. Let's uh, talk about. Air fresheners are are usually like isopropyl alcohol or something or like ethanol or like an alcohol base. Anything with a propellant. Yeah, a propellant, which is like, if you're coated in that as a beat, you're dead. You're dead. Remember that time you were at Coldstone working with my brother and you guys decided to drink 
or to spray the color mist <laughs> with no flavor into your mouths and you did and turned your mouths different colors and then you read the can and it said do not di- consume directly <laughs> yeah like it like call poison control if you consume this directly like he did it like far away from my mouth so it wasn't that much it was probably what you would normally get when you were like eating something but like i held it was the gold color too <laughs> i remember and i held it and i just sprayed it for for like probably like three seconds Three Mississippi? Like, three Mississippi. His mouth was covered, and, like, a little bit was, like, dripping out of his mouth. Like Oh, it was like, so much that it turned to liquid. Like, it wasn't just yeah, the like, color Yeah, like, anymore. gold cum, like, dripping out <laughs> no. down his chin. And, and he got the worst headache and was nauseous, and I was like, dude, I just killed a man with food coloring. <laughs> Did you call poison control at all that night? No. No, he. I mean, he ended up being fine. I mean, has he changed a lot recently? <laughs> uh, like two years ago, was there a, a change of of character which would indicate brain damage? I, I might need to reach out to Carter, <laughs> make sure he's okay. Hey, Carter, how you doing, bro? Well, <laughs> does your mouth still taste like gold food spray? He just got bling in his mouth. The grill. Well, in addition to the air freshener, he also lights a match in front of it tries to blow fire on him then his shower her shower has a setting for lethal yeah he uses that on barry he misses all of these attempts on barry he tries to flush him down the toilet and barry rides a nail file yeah like yeah nail file he surfs it he surfs in the toilet bowl gets toilet water in his mouth in ken's mouth (laughs) yeah and then Vanessa comes in and dumps Ken. Is this where she starts officially dating Barry? Do they ever actually date? Um. Uh. In the courtroom, Barry was like, "We're no, we're just good friends." But I wasn't sure if they're just like not ready to come out with it or like. Yeah, they're just friends with benefits at the moment. They haven't had the conversation, the talk yet. Yeah. Okay. Also, well, how's Barry in bed? Like. Like, is you know, like he's got a. I mean, he probably go bu- ahead, go <laughs> go into detail about Barry in bed. I was just saying he probably vibrates a lot. <laughs> I mean, come on, he's a bee, right? When you think of bees, you think of buzzing. Maybe that's why he got her. Maybe he's he's been raw dogging that. Rob being that. Oh, God. Let's well, move on. They're back in the court, and the defense lawyer has a plan to talk badly about bees. And he is, and it, during this, it's to get, it's to show that bees have a bad side to them. And Adam gets upset about it all. And during the whole time, he's like, Vanessa, hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> yeah. Well, he gets loose from her holding him back because he's so big and strong. Okay, well, no. What does it? What, what like, the, the turning point for Adam where he couldn't hold himself back anymore was when the the defense lawyer, or the, yeah, the defense lawyer leans over the jury table and flips his jacket his up. His coat tail, yeah, jacket tail up. To show his ass. And it's just this big, like, this this whole TV filled with ass. Just, That's probably what you think my ass looks like, huh? <laughs> what? No. But uh, Adam stings this ass, and then he's like, uh, he really plays it up. And they're like, oh no, they're going to lose the 
they're, they're gonna lose the the trial trial now, and adam's gonna die because bees die when they sting someone they can they mo- most often do but adam doesn't and they replace the stinger at the hospital and it shows <laughs> with it a, and it's with like the little cocktail swords yeah it's like what you poke through the sandwiches to keep them together right and, yeah and during this he's like in the hospital and barry's confronting him and there are people smoking outside and he has to close the window well barry now has a new lead for court and he tells adam he adam lives like you said and he tells him to stall in court and he does by having the jury build origami boats which everyone in the, the courtroom does how did the judge let this pass for that long also how does the judge let any of this happen <laughs> a live bear bees filling the courtroom the guy sticking his ass out the defense lawyer just spending like three minutes just telling barry and what a piece of shit he is and how bees suck and the defense lawyer is like yeah that you know that passes as a solid line of questioning for a witness speaking of the lawyer is after he gets stung by the bee he's now wearing a neck brace for being stung in the butt and he's also in a giant baby bouncer (laughs) Yeah, with like the the spot cut out where he was stung. Yeah, he's he's playing it up. But Barry and Vanessa show up at the last minute to bring in a smoking gun and show the harms of it. And the lawyer is like, "What this? No, this isn't anything." And he turns around and pulls the trigger and just smokes all the bees <laughs> in the courtroom. So they win the case with this. Yeah, they win the spoiler. You were right. Holy shit! I wonder how I knew that. This is where, like you mentioned earlier, where he was like, this is a trial of the bees versus the white man. And then there was the one black lawyer that slides away from the rest (laughs) of the white ones. That is a great scene. There are so many great scenes in this. This was so funny. (laughs) Well, the bees get all back all the processed honey from humans, including honey and like the cosmetic products, like the lip balm, the shampoos, um, (laughs) <laughs> this is what you said they start tranquilizing like winnie the pooh <laughs> oh yeah they like tranquilize winnie the pooh and take his pot of honey <laughs> they talk to piglet and they're like he'll be up in the next in 12 hours or so it'll be fine they 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 br- like police brutally attack an old lady at a cafe putting honey in her tea and arrest her so good the, the war on honey is on and the bee lifestyle is now changed they don't need to work anymore to get honey because it's all at their disposal. So no more work because they have too much. And with that, no more pollination and plants and flowers are dying everywhere. Poor Vanessa is going out of business because she has no flowers because of it. The repercussions of this trial course are huge. I, this is what's happening. It's almost like bees are necessary. <laughs> Well, Barry now has a new plan as he sees all of Central Park wilting with Vanessa and they're going to get the flowers from the last ever tournament of roses in Pasadena and get all the bees to repollinate everything. So they get on a plane with the flowers from Pasadena like they they steal a float from the parade and they get on a plane with the float and Barry goes to the cockpit and accidentally knocks out the pilots. <laughs> did you write down that quote? Nope, I, did not. I, I didn't I either. Oh, okay, go ahead and say it. Well, I didn't. I didn't write it down, so I don't remember it. But oh, I don't. Well, like, either. like she walks into the cockpit and sees these two like pilots. The pilot and the co-pilot are knocked yeah. out, and Barry's like, 
I don't know, a lot happened. I tried to talk to them, and then there was a floating raft and a, a, like a Hoover duster, and then both of them are knocked out. And I, I, she's like, is That's this it. another well, bee joke? Now him and Vanessa just have to pl- fly the plane themselves through a thunderstorm, and they get struck by lightning in the process, disabling their autopilot. And so... What they do is he uses an antennas to call for help, and he calls all the pollen jocks to come. In this, the pollen jocks catch up to the plane and help. If how fast are they? It's a plane. Also, they're going above the. No bee can fly at a plane's cruising altitude. At thirty thousand feet, at seven hundred miles per hour, <laughs> these bees. I don't know. I think it's like. 350 miles an hour i don't i don't think a plane is going supersonic look it up i know the speed of sound is like 730 miles an hour i think it's like three or four hundred how fast does a commercial plane fly i think it's like three or four hundred 547 to 575 miles per hour okay so they are flying five hundred, say five hundred and fifty miles per hour at a cruising altitude of thirty thousand. Insane. These bees are, and not to mention that they're gonna help it land. There, these bees are strong so, enough to just like yeah throw around a plane. So they cut the engine, and the bees help carry it down to the tarmac. They. I, these are, these are superhuman bees. I, super yeah. super bee and super Ooh. super bee and bees. Yeah. Well, all the other bees are on the tarmac. Every bee's got to leave the hive at this point. They're all on the tarmac, like laying out to make a flower shape for like a landing spot. But like as they're laying on the tarmac, they're doing like this weird like dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do they say? Like bee power or like. B power, B power, B. They're doing power. like a like a weird Lamaze Zumba class. <laughs> well, and so they're trying to land this plane with just the help of the bees and Vanessa controlling like the plane itself. Couldn't the bees just let it down? I yeah, because like Barry's like point the nose towards the flower and she points it at the flower decal on a plane and then points it at a flower decal on a fat guy's shirt. And it's like, the bees if, know, if, how is she if, controlling this plane? If a plane is not, if the engine is not running, and if you just turn the steering wheel, it's just going to flip the rudders. It's not going to actually turn it. This is all the bees. Yeah, also, the engines aren't running, which means the hydraulic pumps aren't running. So yeah. you're not going to be able to turn that, because that's like hundreds turning, of pounds of force. It's turning abruptly, and this whole time... It's basically a nosedive. Like, it's pointing downward. It's, like, bouncing up and down. Like, it's, like, bobbing. <laughs> but no, none of the passengers on this plane bat an eye. Like, you get to see them. Like, when the plane officially lands, like, they set it down, they're like, can we get off this plane yet? They're like, just vibing. Classic TSA. Well, they, they land the plane, obviously, and Barry gets promoted to pollen chalk. Dun dun dun! Wait, no. I mean, da 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 da. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. And they use the flowers. The world is back to normal, 
and Barry and Vanessa have a shop together where they sell flowers, honey, and give legal advice. Dude, that scene with the cow fucked me up. <laughs> Cows could talk, yeah. My biggest question, because this is the end of the movie, is are they f- officially dating? They Are they just business partners? Are they just friends? What's going on with them? Do you want to know their relationship? I would love to know their relationship because that would give me so much clarity in this film. Uh, they're sexual. I think they're like friends, but they want to be more, but neither one has the courage to say anything. So they just go on as each other's friends until they find different people. And it's like a classic friends scenario. Like the show friends. The Ross and Rachel. Yeah. yeah. All right. And that is our movie. That's the B movie. Those are big claps. Four of them. Four big claps to move in to our QRR. Now, don't butcher this like last week, Devin. I guess that wasn't you, but... I'm sorry. I'll I'll be better, Daddy. I swear. Be be quiet. And now it's time for our quotes, ratings, and reviews. Let's go. And for your information... I prefer sugar-free, artificial sweeteners made by man! I'm sorry about all that. I know it's got an aftertaste! I like it! God, I did not like that screech. (laughs) What screech? (laughs) Devin, what's your first quote from this film? Oh, let me get my... In your quote machine. My quote machine. Uh, let me find it. Let me... Let me just scroll past all of my hot, hot nudes that I took. (laughs) Oh, uh, at the very beginning, when they're they're saying that they're proud of their son for graduating, uh, his dad says, a perfect report card. All Bs. All Bs. That's good. My first one is also at the very beginning, but it's not really a quote. It's the narration card at the beginning. And you might know it if you've seen the film before, but according to all known laws of aviation, there is no way a bee should be able to fly. Its wings are too small to get its fat little body off the ground. The bee, of course, flies anyway, because bees don't care what humans think is impossible. Beautiful. It's a good It's a good setup for later, but throwing in fat little bees, <laughs> really. Yeah, what the... What? Why you gotta do bees? Like I'm that? a fat little bee, Brandon. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's nothing little about you, buddy. <laughs> I'm only five seven. <laughs> oh. Should I take that as a compliment? There's nothing little about me. Oh, I'm gonna turn this on you. <laughs> well, something's turned on. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh. Well, that was a good exchange. Okay, next quote. <laughs> My uh, second quote is when they're at their commencement ceremony and he says, this commencement is commenced or whatever he said. And they're now graduates. Uh, they said, hallelujah. And they went, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was so yeah. weird. I really um, wish you guys could see that scene. Um, my next one is, we know as bees, you've worked your whole lives to get to the point to work for your whole life. I that's mine. Exactly. <laughs> That's the capitalistic scene, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my next one after that one is, <clears throat> what do you think, uh, busy buzzy boy? Are you B enough? When uh, oh. the pollen jocks, when he's yep. like, 
he's got pollen when Barry has pollen on him and he's using the pollen to hit on the women. To hit on girls, yeah. And the pollen jocks come up and they're like, You wanna fly with us? What do you think, busy buzzy boy? Are you B enough? My next one, speaking of girls, was there in this like boat on honey, like looking at all the jobs and they're like that girl was hot. And he goes, well, she was my cousin. He's like, she is. <laughs> of course, we're all cousins. I I wish they had start, started playing Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> Imagine how, how magical that scene would have been. Some Southern Hick stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my next one is the classic. How should I start this? You like jazz? You like jazz? That's the best quote. Yeah. Um, my next one is really simple. It's. Do you know what a Cinnabon is? Because <laughs> Barry's trying to tell Adam all the glories of human the human food. world. Yeah. And it's Cinnabon, <laughs> which I agree with. Oh, they're so good. My next one is uh, they're all at like a family dinner and they're talking about how he talks to like a human and they're like, oh my gosh. And his uncle's like, well, I had a crazy childhood too. I dated a cricket once in San Antonio. Man, those crazy legs kept me <laughs> up all night. She that that uncle got into some stuff that uncle i have one where he's going into where they find that humans consume honey and vanessa goes it's organic and he goes it's our organic (laughs) oh what would this movie be without cheesy puns yeah uh my final one is uh from ken right when they broke up he said oh he said fine talking bees no yogurt night my nerves are shot from this emotional roller coaster (laughs) what the fuck ken i love you i've got a couple more and i'll read them off but i have to go back to my ken one where he goes why is yogurt night so difficult (laughs) this man really loves his yogurt i mean a man of culture, literally, because you know, yogurts of culture. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, some probiotics, huh? Mm, yeah, nothing nothing really gets me some going pro- like probiotics. Some probiotics. All right, move on, move on. <laughs> My next one is when he finds that they're smoking the bees at the bee at Honey Farms, and one of the bees is like, this is our queen. He's like, this is your queen? That's a man in <laughs> woman's clothes. Oh, yeah. That's a drag queen. <laughs> Another one is when Vanessa tells him about the Tournament of Roses, and Barry goes, Tournament of Roses? Roses can't do sports! They went over this earlier, too. Like, earlier in the movie, she was like, yeah, roses don't do sports, and he still... Yeah, he really (laughs) brings it back up. Yeah, he really wants to believe this. Okay, I've only got two more now. So one is in the courtroom. The lawyer's name is Leighton T. Montgomery, and he goes... Oh, yeah. He goes, will some angel of mercy come crawl to suck the poison from my heaving buttocks? <laughs> yeah, that was a good and scene. And my last one is at the very end with the cow, like you had mentioned. And she, he's like, I will send you to my good guy, oh, Moose yeah. Blood, who is the mosquito played by Chris Rock. And she goes, he's a lawyer, too. And he goes, ma'am, I was already a blood-sucking parasite. All I needed was a briefcase. <laughs> I thought that was so good. That's a great quote. And that's my quotes. <sighs> some good ones. Some good ones in this film. This had some good quotes. What about ratings? What are you thinking? Uh, this was, are we talking Metascore Critics? Yeah. Uh, I'm saying four out of ten. Okay. 
What about audience? Audience is 4.8 out of 10. Okay. So Tomato Meter for Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 49%. For critics? Not bad. Yep. And audience was 53. So you're not far off. On IMDb, Metascore is 54. Okay. Audience score, 6.1. Oh, I wasn't super far off, but... It's a middle-of-the-road movie. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I expected. And with those critic ratings, how about we do some user reviews? Oh, my my favorite part. is I love... That's my favorite part of the research, is finding these reviews. So, I... Finally wrote down dates, people, so that you know when these were written. So on August, or not August, October 5th, 2018, by Nebulous63784, a masterpiece of our time. The B-movie is a brilliant piece of filmmaking. We'll go up there with Citizen Kane and The Godfather. Biting social commentary, powerful drama, and likable characters. What is there that you can't love, man? Just beautiful Ten out of ten. You know, I think this guy was tapping into the the wrong part of this movie. <laughs> uh, the kissing. Yeah, this was like one of those ironic reviews where I feel like if like I was giving a serious review, I would actually outline that this movie is good on a comedic level. Like this, yeah, the plot it is, totally is, is bad, and it's like a bad movie, but like the comedy is pretty spot on. Oh, totally. Oh, wait, I missed the end of it. Honest review, it's fine, I guess. I'd give it a five. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that I put all that, and then he had it like an addendum to it. Oh, no. Honest review, it's fine, I guess. I'd give it a five. (laughs) (laughs) Ten out of ten. Perfect. Okay, next one, written on January 26th of 2018 by Letourneau45361. I think this is the Walmart version of Ratatouille. Two out of ten. Um, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't get any Ratatouille vibes from this at all. It's like animals with food. There's like three scenes with food. <laughs> Honey, man, it's food. Okay, all right, all right. It's a protein, apparently. It is a protein. Next. On June 22nd of 2019, by Crazy Man in Garage. This cinematic motion picture has some of the most relatable characters, such as Ken, but it also has some of the most funny jokes as soon as I heard the joke. Do you like jazz? It made me crack up and fall down on the floor laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. In conclusion, B-Movie is a true masterpiece. And I know there are a lot of memes, is that what they call those nowadays, about this movie, which I don't understand, because the film is a true cinematic masterpiece, and it beats the great skills of Scorsese and Tarantino, 10 out of 10. Again, I'm going to say this is an ironic review. Yeah, for sure. But like, I feel like they're all going to be ironic, because this was such a memed on movie. Like, I just like that what they brought up. Is that what those things are called? These <laughs> is that what the kids call is that these what things? The, the kids call my gra- every grandma knows what a meme is. No one yeah. doesn't know what a meme is nowadays. So next on November thirtieth, twenty seventeen, by J D Ribelbis one nine two six six. Before watching the B movie, I had clinical depression. 
Here we go. <laughs> I've heard this before. My therapist recommended this movie to help through tough times. I said, yeah, right. How will a movie about bees help me? And I was so wrong. Ever since watching this movie, it has made me appreciate living life more. I have spent more time with friends and family. I now am so confident in my life that I have a job. Thank you, Jerry Seinfeld. 10 out of 10. Huh. That's what did it. I can't even imagine what would happen if she watched a good a good movie or he my favorite part is that the therapist recommended this yeah (laughs) this is a psychiatrist prescribed psychiatry 101 duh yeah movie you learn this in pharmacy school right yeah for depression it's uh first try the b movie then move on to to medicines yeah then prozac yeah yeah okay on july 27th 2021 this is only a month and a half old by Deltio09342. The most embarrassing drug trip you will ever have. Two out of ten. I feel like no none of these reviews, like usually there's one or two reviews that I agree with each time. Uh, so far, like none of these reviews seem like actual reviews to me. You, you know how hard it is to find a middle of the road review <laughs> movie? Yeah, and I get it. I get it. Yeah, so next on... November 28, 2019, by Zachary68690. The greatest anime of all time. This is one of Masahiro Sakuyai's finest work. This anime is beautiful. 10 out of 10. I don't know. It's... it's I don't know. What? <laughs> what? They're big fan of Masahiro Sakurai. Ah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Freaking, uh... <laughs> That's Steven Spielberg's pen name. (laughs) Of course, yeah. He makes a lot of Japanese anime. Yeah. And my last review on February 11th of 2019 by Gabriel 97 The Citizen Kane of bug movies. My only regret in life is that I can't see this movie for the first time again. And yet, upon each reviewing, I find myself peeling back more and more of the metaphysical layers to this enthralling epic of tragedy and redemption, Jerry Seinfeld delivers a truly Oscar-worthy performance as Barry B. Benson, local hive schlub, an opportunistic apist mellifera. He aims to please both his personal needs for love, passion, and adventure, as well as his parents' wishes for stability and success. The results can be be bittersweet and downright hilarious at times the ultimate enriches the audience with its tantalizing charm and wit and as far as political agenda agendas go b movie dares not to shy away from illusions of eco-fascism and the socialist working class struggle and the faces the globalist honey collecting hordes head on through judicious and peaceful means the political influence derived serves as a peek into a b wellington realm governed by a benevolent dictator aiming to seize the rights of honey distribution worldwide yet maintains a clear and social hierarchy both in the hive and out 
fascinating audiences worldwide. B-Movie is nothing less of a manifesto and a warning of what to be prepared for in a hypothetical future. And as far as I'm concerned, I welcome the thousand-year hive with open arms, and we think we'd all be better off sticking one to Big Honey. Black and yellow, hello. I give this instant classic two antennas up. Nine out of ten. <laughs> that was a nine out of ten? Oh, god damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only thing I, I remember about that is uh, he said, benevolent dictator, and I think yeah. that was an oxymoron. Mm. Uh, but definitely written by an English major. Who wanted, yeah, to, sure. who wanted to flex a little bit. He downed two yeah. cups of coffee and, and uh, brought up his online thesaurus on his other monitor. Or, or three Kettle House Hellgate Honey Hefeweizens. No, 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 no. This wasn't a depressant kind of review. This was a stimulant kind of review. <laughs> of course. Well, Devin, are you recommending this film to anybody? Okay, I'm going to give my serious review since there were actually no serious reviews. Yeah. Um, this movie is an absurdist comedy. Don't go yeah. into this movie like like you're watching Shrek where it has like this with Shrek there's like this plot that you can follow and you can become kind of emotionally invested in the characters or at least like in, invested in a way in the characters. They're, Shrek they're funny, is so good. They're funny and relatable and any other DreamWorks films go into it expecting an SNL skit kind of absurdist comedy uh go into it expecting a bee is about to fall in love with a human yeah yeah this is a satirical absurdist comedy don't expect to relate to the characters don't expect to like glean any any moral uh any any morality or any meaning out of this if you go into it with that mindset this is a this is a funny movie that that's like has has some cool references and some cool cameos and should not have been a DreamWorks movie, in my opinion. But all in all, I'd give this like six and a half out of ten. You had some good words in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some quarter words. <laughs> I didn't say benevolent dictator, that fucking idiot. No, or a Bewellian realm. I don't know what that... <laughs> I don't either. Well, my recommendation is almost eerily similar. You know that the plot is going to be like you said, absurdist. It's an absurdist comedy. You know, you're not going to expect any deep kind of life-changing themes or motifs going throughout it. It's it's not going to cure your depression <laughs> or anything. But it's, it is enjoyable. It's, like my mom says, it's a cute movie, which, I mean, it is. It, it Unlike Cat in the Hat, it is, it does have both like Cat in the Hat, it has both adult and childish humor, but it doesn't go so extreme on the adult side, <laughs> um, which does add to the comedy of Cat in the Hat, I will say. But this does have great um, comedy, a, a little decent bit of theme, themality to it. And so, yeah, I would recommend it, and I would give it a 6 out of 10. So right around yours. All right. All right. I like that we're on the same page. And kind of with critics and audience as well. Yeah, yeah. As I watch, Not- as I watch more movies, I'm like, uh, I, I feel like, because my uh, role in this podcast is to play as the layman, and I feel like <laughs> as I, as I watch more and more movies, my my extremes, like my one out of tens and my ten out of tens, are becoming more extremes and more yes, polarized. Yes, of course. Uh huh. Um. Well, yeah. But yeah. Yep. 
th- and that's that's our episode that is our episode um don't forget if you want to leave us a message on anchor and we'll read it in the next yeah, please leave us a message please. we got another apple podcast review no actual words on it but it was a five out of five so i was happy about that oh by who it, i don't know oh, it doesn't okay. say all right but I do have to tell all of you folks listening that potentially next week there might not be an episode. I'm moving back to Missoula and have a little bit of stuff as I'm moving on the weekend fitting into Devin's schedule. There could be, but there probably won't. So just as a heads up for all of you devoted list, all we have an estimated audience of 26 now from 14. So all of you devoted listeners, we may have to take a one-week brief pause, but we appreciate you. We'll still keep some of the social media posts up. Something unique for you. So. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Uh, for the next for the next couple months, um, the timing of the episodes may not be as reliable as well, just because we're both going to be very busy these next couple of months with with brandon's rotations for pharmacy school my new schedule at the post office but we're definitely going to try and get one podcast out a week and we'll i feel get like a you podcast can, out you can rely if, on if that. we don't we will let you know beforehand yep but uh and with that we will see you let's kick it off we'll see you next week or the week after for a, a new a new twist maybe a sequel Ooh. Of a previous episode. So stay tuned, folks, and we hope to see you next time. Bye-bye, my lovelies. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Movies. If you like the show, please like and follow us on Anchor and any other podcast sites we are located on. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave us comments and reviews on our Instagram and Facebook pages at The Good, The Bad, The Movies. We will be back next week to deep dive into more movies, and remember... If it's it's good good and and it's bad, it's it's probably the movies. movies.